Isn't it good to be in the house of God? Isn't it be good to be gathered together? And that was an amazing time of praise and worship today. And it's so exciting when we can praise and worship together. There's a lot of countries that are still in lockdown at the moment and they can't do this together. So I feel honoured and blessed that we can praise and worship together. And, you know, I grew up in church. And so I have many memories of many songs that I would sing donkeys years ago in the days of Noah. And... <laughs> not quite that far but back that would that come back to memory all the time now and it's like for some of us it might be gyra that we sing the words of gyra and they come back to memory it might be raise a hallelujah and that keeps coming back to memory it might be shout to the lord give us a wave if you remember shout to the lord what about shine jesus shine matt bills's favorite song what about how great thou art Remember that one. The words of those songs are so powerful and they come back to memory. And for me, one of the ones that I remember when I was this high was this is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. And I want to say to you, church, that this is the day that the Lord has made. This is a day to rejoice. This is a day to be glad. This is a day to be expectant. This is no ordinary day. This is an extraordinary day. It's a day when we get to praise our king. It's a day when we get to be expectant about what he wants to do today. And I want to say to you, I don't know what you thought about when you woke up on a Sunday morning and you thought, I'm coming to church. Because I wonder if you thought this is going to be an ordinary Sunday. And you come through the doors of the church and you know what to expect. You know how we're going to worship. You know where you're going to sit. You know who you're going to talk to. You know what the preach will be roughly about. You know what the prayer will be about. Have you come this morning thinking this is an ordinary day? Because I want to shake up your thinking this morning. I am so stirred and pumped for this message that God has put in my heart. So I want to stir you up this morning. This is no ordinary day, church. You have not been called to be an ordinary person. You've called to be extraordinary. And I want to stir you up that with that this morning. Because the word ordinary means no special or distinctive features, normal, routine, regular. No special or distinctive features, normal, routine, regular. And I think you'd be pretty upset if this morning if I described you as very ordinary looking. He's a very ordinary looking guy. She's a very ordinary looking woman. That's not good, is it? So no special features, no distinctions, nothing out of the ordinary, no beautiful blue sparkling eyes like my husband. That would be embarrassing to say you are ordinary. Or imagine you go to Sunday lunch at someone's house after this meeting and they serve up dinner and you have a great time. And as they leave your house, they say, oh, thank you for that very ordinary meal. <laughs> I mean... That wouldn't be great, would it? You spent hours slaving over that stove and somebody says that was so ordinary. You'd be a bit put out, wouldn't you? But the truth is, I think sometimes in our Christian lives, we are living so ordinary. When did we get so ordinary? When did we get so boring? When we carry the very presence of Jesus in us. When we have the Holy Spirit living within us. So why are we living ordinary, mundane, Monday through Sunday lives when we're called to live extraordinary lives? You see, the amazing thing is when you put extra in front of the word ordinary, it changes it because it's extraordinary. 
And that is the life that you and I are called to live. You know, I want to speak a message this morning about the power and the authority that Jesus has given each and every one of us and how we need to live outrageously large lives full of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit living in us to change ordinary into extraordinary. And I want to shake you up a bit. If you've come here to church this morning and you know what to expect, well, you came with the wrong mindset because you need to come here saying, what is God going to do today? What is the power of the Holy Spirit going to do today? What is going to break out in this service today? You know, when Jesus walked the earth, and remember Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, wherever he went, something happened. It was no ordinary life. Wherever he went, miracles broke out. People were healed. Blind eyes were opened. The deaf heard. Lepers who'd been outcasts in the community and sick for many, many years. Jesus touched them and they were healed and they were brought out of the outskirts of community and into the community. Their lives were radically changed. There were de um, dead people rose again. That's our Jesus. Do you remember the story of Lazarus Church? Do you remember how he was dead for three days and Jesus says, come forth and jumps out of the grave in his grave clothes? That's the miraculous power of our Jesus. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. Wherever he went, lives were changed. Wherever he went, sick people were made well. Wherever he went, those who were bound in mind and who were demon possessed were freed. This is our Jesus. He's the same. So why are we living so ordinary? Because if we carry the very presence of God, in our Monday through Sunday, we should be bringing about the miracle of God, the miracle of healing, of deliverance, of salvation, of freedom. This is who we are, his church, his hands and his feet. We are called to an extraordinary life. So I want to shake you up a bit about the power and the presence of God that is living in you. Because imagine being one of the disciples. So you're one of the 12, and you've gone about with Jesus. He started his ministry, and everywhere he goes, he preached the message of hope. Everywhere he goes, he brings heaven down to earth. These disciples, these ordinary men and women, have seen Jesus do the most miraculous things. Imagine them waking up on Monday morning. They probably don't go through the Monday of, it's Monday. What does my day look like? Oh no, I've got work. I've got this to do, I've got that to do, I've got routine to do. I think they woke up with an expectation <laughs> with, with Jesus. What's Jesus going to do today? Who's going to be made well today? Who is going to push their way through the crowd after being ill for 12 years with no respite of sickness and touch the hem of his garment and be set free? Who is going to be the blind, who's going to have the blind eyes that will be made open today? I bet there was an expectation in the hearts of those people that Jesus is going to do something today. They're like, well, what's next? What's he going to do? And you know, when they didn't have their tax to pay, you know, we just paid a tax return at the end of 31st of July. If they didn't have their tax to pay, do you know what Jesus said? Go and find a fish and open the mouth of the fish and your tax for the year will be in the mouth of the fish to pay all our taxes. I mean, that's a miracle, isn't it? That's the power of God. And this is what the disciples experienced day after day, week after week, year after year, the miraculous power of Jesus. And so my question is today, if we are followers of Jesus, if we are his disciples in this year 2021, when did we get so ordinary? 
When did we not expect that every day the miraculous power of Jesus should break out? That every day he can use me in my normal routine of every day to bring about freedom for someone. To bring about a prayer that will bring breakthrough. To lay hands and see the sick healed. To declare freedom where people are bound. Come on, church. We're called to be extraordinary. I want to stir you up with that power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that lives in you and I. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? You're the temple of God. You hold his power. His authority lives in you. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit, church. And what are we going to do with the power and authority that has been given to us, that resides in us, that lives in us? You know, when Jesus was preparing his disciples that he would go to the cross, he speaks to them about how they will receive the Holy Spirit. And they didn't know what he was talking about. They were like, what is this Holy Spirit? You know, you're leaving, you're going to send someone else. What is going on? But he says to them in Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They didn't realize that the power they would receive would help them go about his mission, would help them go about and be his hands and feet once he had left. They didn't realize this power that would be in them, but boy, when it came, they did, and they stepped out in it, and we'll look at that in a little while. But the power I'm talking about, the power of the Holy Spirit, in the Greek, the word is dunamis, and it's mentioned 120 times in the New Testament. It's the dunamis power of God. And that comes from our English root word, dynamite. Now, if some dynamite went off out there this morning, you'd know about it, wouldn't you? You would hear it. There'd probably be a distinctive smell. You know, remember Guy Fawkes, you know, dynamite, wanted to blow up stuff. You would know about dynamite going off. You see it on the films and the cartoons. And that dunamis power means strength, power, and ability. That's what it means. So when we have been given the power of the Holy Spirit, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and we are filled up with that power, he deposits that in us. We have all power, strength, and ability to carry out the mission that he's given us on this earth, to be his hands and feet, to be his powerful people. We are the powerful filled church. And this power is explosive, and it's evident you are dynamite, my friend, this morning. You are no ordinary person you are extraordinary filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and you know the disciples waited for this they'd gathered together waiting on the promise of Jesus they waited in the upper room and then the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came and they knew about it they were then filled up with this power this Holy Spirit he talked about they had, didn't have any understanding of what it would be like because they only knew Jesus face to face but this is what happened in Acts 2 verses 1 to 4 when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They waited and then they received. And instantly, they were given this heavenly language. 
instantly had this connection with God and were able to speak in another tongue. And then they went out from that place filled with the dunamis power, filled with that dynamite power of God, and they went about God's business. The church was birthed. Peter preached, and thousands of people became Christians. They went about with the mission of God of healing the sick and delivering those who were bound. They went about and made a difference, but until the Holy Spirit came, they were powerless. They could not go about the mission that Jesus had given them until they were filled with that power. Because the same power that rose Jesus from the dead then lived in them, resided in them. And you and I as disciples in 2021 have that dunamis power of the Holy Spirit living in us. That we can go about and be his hands and feet. That we can declare heaven on earth. That we can speak and see situations change. That we can pray and see breakthrough. That we can lay hands on the sick and see them made well. That we can go about his business and what's even more beautiful than that is how Jesus tells us in his word he says greater things than I've done you will do because I'm going to the father greater things have we lost the realization of the greater things church because when I read the account in my Bible and I read what Jesus did and what the disciples did and I think of what's greater than that, that is mind-blowing. But that is what God has called us to, his church. He's activated church, accelerating with the power of the Holy Spirit to go out and see the miracles, to bring the miracles in on the Sunday morning. What are you expecting this morning? What did you come in with this morning that you know you need to be freed up of? What baggage are you carrying that you know the Holy Spirit can come in a moment and release you from? The power of God is in you. The power of God is here to change situations and people. In Matthew 10, verses 7 to 8, this is for us, church. And as you go, as you go, church, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, Cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. That's the full gospel there. Signs and wonders will follow. Miraculous things will happen. As you go, lay hands on the sick and see them made well. Raise the dead. That's a mandate for us there, church. And I want to say, are we living an ordinary life? When did we get so ordinary? We're called to live extraordinary with the same power that rose Jesus, living in us. I want to encourage you this morning. It should burn in us to release the power of the Holy Spirit. It should burn in us that when we're in situations, you know, I have people talk to me and they're telling me their woes and I'm just like, can you stop talking because I want to pray for you because that's where the power is. You know, we are called to be that in situations. We're called to bring heaven to earth. We're called to bind and loose. We're called to bring breakthrough because we're his hands and his feet and it should burn in us the passion of God. You know, I can't believe half the Bible and not the other half. I have to believe the fullness of it. And when I look at what Jesus demonstrated and I look how he lived his life, I'm saying, I want some of that. I don't want to live no ordinary, boring life. I want to live without restrictions. I want to live listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit in me. So when he says, go, I'll go. When he says, pray, I'll pray. When he says, speak, I'll speak. When he says, lay hands on the sick, I'll lay hands on the sick. That's what we're called to be, church. And I want to stir you up this morning with that power and authority that has been given to you. You know, many years ago, Dan and I had a, a car, which was a supercar. 
It was a TVR sports car. It was a 4.2 litre engine, 0 to 60 in four seconds. It was bright electric blue, cream leather interior. It was a little two plus two seater. So if I was to try and sit in the back, his knees would literally be under his chin. It was like a tiny little car, but it, it was a beaut. It was an absolute beaut, wasn't it, Dan? It was like our little dream car. And we used to drive this around. So when we first got it, I had to have a driving lesson in it. It was a, a push button start and it had some power beneath that bonnet, I tell you. So when we first got the car, you know what it's like? Dan was like, oh, we've run out of milk. I said, oh, I'll just walk to Tesco's. No, it's all right. I'll go for a drive and get the milk. I'm like, but you don't need to go to Ipswich, darling. He's like, no, no, it's all right. I'll go for a drive because he just wanted to drive this car. It was a powerful V8 engine. And so often he'd go out in the car for a drive. But the first week we got it, you know, when you're getting used to a new car, there's a few stalling moments, isn't there? And Dan had one of those moments right outside Layer Road, Colchester United football ground on a match day. There was a pub outside. Everyone was gathered, boiling hot summer's day. Dan comes up to the lights, has to stop because they're red. That's what you do at lights when they're red. And he's there and suddenly lights change, amber, green. He's about to go, vroom, he stores it. So everybody outside the pub lets up this roar because because you could hear this car coming and he's in that moment he's like oh man I've just stalled it in front of everyone and then you know when you get the old fat fingers you can't find the push button start you're like, like trying to start it eventually it revs up again and he goes and gets another cheer because then he's like right I'm gonna floor it now naught to 60 in four seconds and he goes off in the car but one of the reasons that you stall a car is the lack of acceleration the lack of acceleration. He hadn't got the clutch quite right. Going into acceleration, he lack of acceleration made him stall. And I want to say, church, let's not have a lack of acceleration of the Holy Spirit. Let's let that power of the Holy Spirit go naught to 60 in four seconds. Let us engage what the car was meant to do. Let's engage what the power of the Spirit has called us to do to be the church on fire. Let us accelerate it's time to accelerate stop stalling stop idling with the power that you have and accelerate it's time to take your anointing you know we pray God heal my city and he says yeah you go and do something God heal the sick you go and lay hands on them God my friend is suffering so much with their mental health will you go and pray for them God is sending us. It's time to accelerate church. It's time to take that power that is within us and not leave it dormant. But it's time to step out, to hear his voice, to move when he says move, to go when he says go, to pray when he says pray, to give when he says give. It's time to engage with the power that's in us. Come on. So talking to supercars. I used to work for Ferrari, um, Porsche and Maserati garage many years ago. And you would see some beautiful cars come in there. I mean, we all know what Ferrari looks like. These cars were worth hundreds of thousands of pounds. And lots of them have a V12 engine. They are 0 to 60 in probably 3.4 seconds, something like that. These cars are highly tuned in order to drive fast. You know, you've ever been on the motorway and you've heard one go past you. There is a sound. There is a roar of the engine. They are built to drive fast. They're built to accelerate. They would not like a 1.1 poplar 
Fiesta engine in them to go because that's not what they're called to do. And I used to work in the service department and many times these cars, usually worth over £100,000, would come in for their yearly service. And it always used to amaze me that as they came in from the previous service every 12 months, there's only 500 miles on the clock or a thousand miles. Average car, probably 12,000 miles a year. And some of these cars would have hardly any miles on them. And the reason was the owners wanted to keep them in a pristine condition. They had to look all shiny. They had to look mint condition, no dents, no wear on the tires. They garaged them all year, but would come out for that yearly service. And I remember thinking, what a waste. You see, a supercar was never built to be stuck in a garage. It was never meant to sit there for nobody to drive it because the engine is built in a way that it needs to be driven. You know, there are turbos on these cars and these turbos are there so that when you accelerate, more air is pushed through the cylinders so that you get more of a spark, you get that dunamis power into the engine and the car can travel fast. They are called to be driven at speed. In fact, they don't do well when they're garaged because the engine seizes up, the brakes seize up. They are not getting the flow of of the power of the fuel through the system. They don't want to be garaged. And yet, you know what I think as many Christians, we're like garage supercars. We look mint condition, we look all singing and dancing on the outside, and yet we're not engaging the power of the Holy Spirit that's in us. That he's never called us to be locked away in a garage. He's never called us to be put on the sidelines. He's called of each of us to hit the road. You know, we want to get some wear on those tires, that we need new tires. We want to engage with the Holy Spirit so that we fire on all cylinders, so that we move forward, so that lives are changed. That when we step into a room, the atmosphere of heaven comes with us. That when we step into somebody's life, something is going to happen because we're about God's business, because we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. That we're not called to look all shiny and lovely we're called to get some dirt on our hands we're called to get out there and be his hands and feet and I want to stir you up that with this morning stir you up with that fact that you go with the power of Jesus that you go it's not you it's his strength it's him that's firing your cylinders it's him that will give you the words and the pictures it's him that will give you the things to say and do at the right time because you're in tune with the Holy Spirit that lives in you you know, when you drive a supercar, you can take risks at the lights. You know you can race that car next to you. remember many times being in the car with Dan and we've had, um, do you remember them Subaru Impreza's come up at the side and I can just see him, the adrenaline's there. I can see all itch, you know, I'm thinking, oh no. I don't particularly like speed, so I always used to hold my handbag up in the front like this so I didn't have to see where I was going. And, and there it'd be and he'd be like, oh, I know I can do this. And the course would be off and we'd win and he'd be like that. <sighs> Old chuffed nuts, I'm like, don't stall it, you know. It's like, so off we go. But you can take risks. And I want to say to you, don't be a boring, ordinary Christian. It's time to take some risks. You've got the power of the Holy Spirit. But Sarah, I prayed for that person before and they didn't get well. But it's a new day. It's a new day. I prayed for that situation and I haven't seen the breakthrough yet, but it's a new day. You know, I've been believing for their salvation for year after year after year, and I've not seen it yet, but it's a new day. Come on, church. Rise up. Rise up with the power that's in you to go again, to believe again. You don't have to reason it all out, but you need to let out the Holy Spirit that is in you. Romans 8, verse 11. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead 
moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does, as surely as he did Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. I just love that. It's reminding us of that power of God that lives in us. His very breath in our lungs, church. That he's causing us to be delivered from a dead, boring, mundane life and to live in the extraordinary life that he died for us for. That he's given us that place to live in extraordinary times. To have his authority, to go in his name, to see people set free in the name of Jesus, to be delivered in the name of Jesus. Ephesians 2 verses 6 and 7 reminds us of where we're seated. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming age he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus, that we are seated in heavenly places. Yeah, we live on earth, and this is where we are, but do you know where we really are? We're seated in heavenly places, and we have the power and authority to bring heaven to earth. We have the power and authority to change lives and situations because of the presence of God living in us. It's time to rise up, church. When did we get so ordinary? Do you know the enemy is nervous about you? Because one who is with God is a majority. The enemy is nervous about the impact you can have. But we don't need to fear the enemy because he's defeated. We need to step out in the power and authority that God has given us. That nothing can stand in the face of the power of the resurrected Christ in us. We have power and authority. Stand up, church. It's time to go. Power to loose. Power to bind. Power to move forward. I want to encourage you of this today. You know, it's... It's about time, I think, we let God out. The Holy Spirit is in us and he wants out. I've deposited something in you, not just in pastors, not just in preachers, but in every single one of us. We have got the same deposit of the Holy Spirit, but it's what we choose to do with it. It's whether we choose to engage or not. It's we choose mundane or we choose majesty. We can decide and we have to step out in the power that he has given us. It's time to move forward. Let him through you minister to people. Let him through you see people healed. Are you willing? Are you saying I'm available? I'm ready? When he urges you to pray for someone, will you pray for them or do you hold back? Well, what happens if it doesn't work? What happens if we don't see anything? Why do we reason it all out? Stop reasoning and let him out because he will always do more when you let him out and you're obedient you know when he gives you a word that seems crazy for someone are you going to hold on to that or you're going to give it because it might just be the word that they need to hear for their life to be changed around when he asks you to do something foolish will you say okay I'm going to go out there this looks so foolish and it looks ridiculous and people are going to think what on earth is she on but I'm going to go and do the foolish thing because I know it's going to bring about the miracle Will we step out and do that? Was it foolish asking the disciples to go and catch a fish that would have the tax payment in it? That seems foolish in the natural. Who on earth? Gary's going fishing this afternoon after I've told him that. You know, it's come on. We need to step out and do it. We need to lay hands on the sick and see them made well. We need to bring the power of God to earth. We need people out of the walls of this church to see the demonstrative power of the Holy Spirit. 
We need to be that church. We need to carry the full gospel. We need to see people delivered. There are so many people that are bound in mind at the moment and we need to see them set free and delivered. Who do you think binds up their minds? Who have we got the power over? We have the power over the enemy to see people who are not thinking right, thinking right again as God intended them to do. And this is the truth. This is the miraculous power of God living in us. Let's not be that pristine looking sports car that looks like, yeah, they've got all the go in them, but they've got the 1.1 engine in them because it doesn't look good. It's not going to go anywhere. We are going somewhere with the power of God that's in us. Come on, it's time to stop reasoning it out and it's time to let it out. It's time to go again. It's time to pray again. It's time to push forward. It's time to accelerate. It's time to get to take God at his word and to step out and see miracles and healings and breakthroughs come about because that's what we're called to be, the church. You know, we pray for revival. What is revival even going to look like in 2021? Come on, greater things you will do in my name because I'm going to the Father. Greater things will happen when we trust him and we step out. Come on, let's take a risk, church. I want to share a story with you of when Dan took a risk, not in the car this time. But it was um, a meeting, the churches in Colchester gathered together for a Pentecost meeting a couple of years back. And it's really good because you get that whole community of all the churches together in one venue. And the preach had been over and they called people forward for prayer. And Dan was part of the prayer team. So he went up there to pray. And this lady came forward. He didn't know her to pray for her. And she stepped forward. So he just felt the Holy Spirit within him say, just lay hands on her and pray in tongues. So he did that. So he started to pray in tongues. So you know when you're praying in tongues, you could be praying for a minute or two. It seems a lot longer because you're just using your heavenly language. And he's praying for this woman. In his mind, he's thinking, what will she be expecting? I'm just going to keep praying in tongues. Because the Holy Spirit said, I want you to pray in tongues. Don't pray in English. Just keep praying in tongues. So he laid hands on her. So a minute went past. Two minutes. Three minutes. And it seems like a long time then. But he said, the Holy Spirit so stirred in me, just keep praying in tongues. And he said he felt a shift from your normal tongue. For those that do pray in tongues, you know how your normal tongue sounds. And he said there was a moment when there was a shift in the tongue and it changed. But he just kept praying and he kept going for it. Anyway, as he was praying, this woman had tears streaming down her face. She was in a complete mess. It was such a moment. And he then came to the natural end of his prayer. felt like the Holy Spirit said, it's time now. So he stopped. Anyway, she looked up at him with tear-stained eyes and she said, I didn't know you spoke Hebrew. And he says, I don't, I don't speak Hebrew. Never studied that. Wasn't on the GCSE list at school. I, I didn't do Hebrew. And she said, no, no, you obviously speak Hebrew. And he said, oh, no, I don't. She said, well, you, you've just spoken my whole life to me in Hebrew. And then you've just prophesied my whole future in Hebrew. You see, only the Holy Spirit could do that. That was nothing he could do. And he came back from that meeting and he was just so in awe of what God did. And that woman went on and her life was completely changed because he was obedient to the Holy Spirit. And he listened to the Holy Spirit's voice and he stepped out and he did something that was miraculous because he cannot speak Hebrew. But God used his heavenly language and spoke directly to that woman's heart. You see, that's a miracle and that's the power of God. And I want to stir you up with that this morning. Sometimes we forget what God has done in the past and we forget the miracles. We forget the breakthroughs. We forget the stories. And it's time to remember them and say, do it again, God. Do it again. 
You know, another story where the Holy Spirit prompts you in a natural thing is for us, God told us to give a family a certain amount of money. And he told us very specifically what we needed to do. We needed to write a note and we needed to hand deliver it. And he had a word to speak to this family. And in the obedience to the Holy Spirit, we went and did this. Well, do you know, from that moment, it's like the gift that keeps on giving. We were just obedient. But since that moment, this family just keep coming back and saying, since you came to us that day and you gave us that gift, but you spoke those words and you gave us that note, God has done just so much. And they are overwhelmed by the power of God in their situation because we were just obedient. And it wasn't about the amount. It wasn't about us. It was about the Holy Spirit in us and going and doing what he called us to do. We need to be reminded again of these miracles. You know, I remember many years ago, there was a Florida outpouring and it went over um, televisions on the God Channel. Many of you might remember it. And they used to, night after night, there would be these meetings And it was miraculous. You were seeing all sorts of miracles and you would watch the television, but the presence of God was so strong in your house that you would be under that presence of God and stuff would happen. We'd be praying and being in floods of tears and you're like, because God is not, um, he's not stopped by a television screen, hence prayer on Zoom. It works, you know, because he's not stopped by that. He's God. He can do anything. Anyway, they would often say at the end of these meetings, if you want some, come and get it. So my dad, and this hurts me. My dad got on a plane and he went to Florida because he felt like if I go there, I'm going to get something and I'm going to bring it back. And he decided to go and we're all a bit like, okay, what are you doing? (laughs) Go with it. But we knew God in him said do it. And he went there and he came under the anointing of the Holy Spirit in those meetings and he felt the power of God and loads of miraculous things he saw and did. But one of the things he did was they used to have these like prayer shawls and they used to pray the anointing over these prayer shawls and say, look, God's going to anoint this. You take it back. You can take that and use that as part of your prayer to heal heal the sick. And at the time, my cousin was young at the time and he had kidney failure and they said he'd have to have his kidneys replaced and he was very seriously ill and in and out of hospital all the time from a young child and my dad thought I'm going to take one of these I'm going to pray and I'm going to bring it back to Colchester I'm going to pray for him And so he did that and he went back and he prayed for this family who don't know Jesus. And he said, I want to pray for you and I want to pray for my nephew. And he prayed and declared in the name of Jesus, be made well. And he gave him the prayer shawl. Well, to this day, he's completely healed. He's never had a kidney replaced. But it... But it moves me because it was just obedience. Because my dad thought, someone said, come and get some. And he thought, you know what? I'm going to come and get some. And that was a miracle. And I want to say to you, let's not forget the miracles. And sometimes I forget that's happened. And that's happened to that young man. And he looks completely different now as a young man in his mid-twenties to when he was with kidney failure. But that's what my God can do because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's story after story and testimony that we have that we can share the power of God. But are you expecting today? Is this an ordinary day or is this the day that the Lord has made? Are you going to rejoice and be glad in what he can do today? Is this a day of salvation in your household? Is this a day of breakthrough? Is this a day for that thing you've been carrying year after year after year that finally you lay it down and say, God, take this from me and give me something in exchange where I'm going to be full of you, Lord God. Come on, church. We've got to be stirred up because God always does more than we can ask, think, or imagine. If we look at Ephesians 3, verse 20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly 
abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So his power at work in us will always do more than we can ask, think or imagine. He'll always do more. But you know what? All we have to do is be obedient. But I might look silly, but be obedient. But I don't know what to say. Just be obedient, I'll teach you. I don't know how to pray. It's okay, I'll guide you. I don't know what to, to think. It doesn't matter what you think, just go. Let's engage with the power of the Holy Spirit. His power brings heaven to earth. When his power brings heaven to earth, sickness has to go. When his power brings heaven to earth, bound people are free. You know, come on, this is the power of the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And as I prepared this, I always pray when I prepare a message. And I felt like God said, it's, it's reminding the church that every day is full of possibilities in me. Full of possibilities. And in fact, I just see the Holy Spirit is tapping people on the shoulder. It's like this. It's tapping. But you know what? We've got good at ignoring. <laughs> and it's like he's tapping on the shoulder. And he's saying, come on. Come on. You've got the power within you. Are you going to let it out? Are you going to let it out because I'm tapping you? And suddenly I just see so many people saying, okay, I can feel that prompting. I know what I need to do. I know who I need to pray for. I know when I've restricted the power of the Holy Spirit for whatever reason, but today I'm going to let it out because today he's calling you. He's speaking to people. He's giving people words and pictures. There's some people here you've had dreams and God is speaking to you in your dreams and you've almost been ignoring the tapping, but he's saying, no, I've been speaking to you. I'm coming afresh. I want to call you out to be all that you've called to be. No more garaged Christians. Christians that come out and excel in the fullness and power of the Holy Spirit. You are extraordinary. You are extraordinary. And today is a new day. What is God going to do today? Can you hear him? Can you hear him calling you? Can you hear him speaking to you now? It's time to accelerate. It's time to rise up in power and authority. No restrictions, no compromises, no stalling, no idling. It's time to go with the power that's in us. Because it's all about him using us to bring heaven to earth. So I'd love to pray with you this morning, church. So I'd love to ask you to stand and if I could have musician, that would be brilliant. So let's engage now with the Holy Spirit. Come on. So first thing I want to pray for is because I want, I want the Holy Spirit to be let out this morning. I want him to come in his power and his authority and to do what he wants to do. It's not about anyone here. It's about him. And so I want to pray a prayer first of all. If this morning you say in your heart, God... I want more of you. It's time to accelerate. I want to let out the power that you've put in me. If that's you this morning, you can acknowledge that with your hand. You can just say yes in your heart. You can raise your hand. You can say amen, whatever you want to do. But if that's you this morning, God will see your acknowledgement of that. And I just want to pray this morning in that. So, Father God, I want to pray right now, Lord God. By the power of your Holy Spirit, you would come and empower every single person in this room.
That everybody who's saying, yes, I want more of you, Lord God, that you would just fire up all the cylinders of that dunamis power that you've put within the hearts of your church this morning. That people would know that they are not called to be ordinary, but they're called to be extraordinary. Your hands and your feet, they're called to be your mouthpiece on this earth. Father God, I want to pray every restriction that has ever come from whatever reason will just be lifted off people now. And that Holy Spirit, you would rise up in each person. You would rise up for them to be all that they've been called to be, that they're called to be dunamis, they're called to be powerful because of you. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you, in you, in you, in you. It lives in you. It's that same power. And I pray now, Lord God, that every mind that is trying to get in the way, that mindsets would be broken, that spirit to spirit would be that receiving of your power, your empowerment this morning. In Jesus' name, we want to say, come Holy Spirit, come and do your work this morning. Come and do what you want to do. So keep engaging, church. That's every eye shut. Lift your hands to Jesus and see what He wants to do.